Our priest is a dying man. The dying men, women, youth. And I will preach as though I will never preach again. So God, God has his reasons for why he saves us in stages. Sanctifies us slowly, makes us fill up every day at his pump. Lest we forget where the gas comes from. Welcome to Follow Me to Heaven, where God's word is truth and your questions matter. I'm your host, Jonathan Romero, and today we're going to be finishing up chapter one of Colossians. So, we spoke about Paul and his greeting to the saints and faithful brothers in Colossae. Uh, We talked about and went through the prayer of Paul and his thanksgiving to God and how we, as saints and as brothers and sisters in the Lord, we must give thanks to the to God. And we continue on and then Paul makes an emphasis on the preeminence of Christ or the supremacy of Christ. And then after all of that is done, Paul then mentions that he became a minister. So now we're going to focus on verses 24 through 29 and how Paul makes much of this position that he was placed in, not because he placed himself in this position, uh, but because God has put him here for a specific purpose, for a specific reason. And that's what we're going to look at today. So let's go ahead and start off. We're going to read from verses 24 through 29, and we're going to look more deeply into these verses and what Paul is trying to say. So it says, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations but now revealed to his saints, To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. All right, so let's go back. Um, We did touch on verse 24. So let's start on verse 25. So we touched on verse 24 last time. So 25, it says, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. So just before that, he says, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. So Paul is suffering for the sake of, for the sake of the saints. And he says that he is filling up in his flesh what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of the body or his body, it says. That is the church. So we have a distinction that the body of Christ is also the church, right? Verse 25, of which, 
I became a minister. So when you read that, uh, it looks like Paul put himself in that position of which I became a minister, right? So when you speak to a doctor, he became a doctor or she became a doctor um, through studying, through uh, hours and hours of clinicals that they had to go through in order to become the doctor that they are. But here it says, of which I became a minister, how? According to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you. So, first, Paul became a minister, right? And the word minister actually uh, can be translated as servant, because the, the Greek word is diakonos, which means servant, right? So this person who serves, and not necessarily when you go to a restaurant and you're receiving um, or you're giving your order uh, to the server, uh, they are not necessarily the servant. Uh, the better picture would be the uh, the person who is actually cleaning the tables, taking up the dirty plates, um, cleaning down the tables, and making sure that your drinks are refilled, that would be a servant. Um, and, and that is what Paul is making a mention here. I became a minister, this person who serves according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you. You see, Paul became a minister or servant, not because he was good at it, nor was it because he had a gifted voice, uh, but he became a minister according to the stewardship from God as a gift. God made Paul a minister of his word, of God's word, to reveal the mystery of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at what it says in 1 Corinthians. So if you're taking notes, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. And if you're following along, uh, go ahead and flip there or scroll there. It says this, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. So Paul, speaking to the Corinthians and writing this letter, he is making a mention. When he came to these people, he, not, he did not come to them with a way of words. He did not come to them uh, with a motivational speech that would cause them uh, to cry and weep and feel all emotional. Um, but instead, what did he say? He said, and I, when I came to you, brothers, he's speaking to the Christians, did not come proclaiming to you, brothers, the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, right? So what did Paul come to do? Here he says in verse 2, For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. So what Paul made much of is the gospel of God. The power of God, right? So Romans 1.16, what does it say? For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation, right? 
to those who believe? So, we, we go back here and we see that Paul is still speaking the same way. That he sought to know nothing among them except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Because he knows that this gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Therefore, he does not need lofty speech. He does not need some kind of earthly wisdom to cause the world to uh, react a certain way. No, God's word will do that already. If you continue on reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 3, it says, And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So, there you go. That's what causes us to trust in God because we see God at work whenever the gospel is preached. More and more people come to Christ. So, when we go back to Colossians chapter 1 verse one or verse uh, 25 of which I became a minister according to the stewardship of God that was given to me for you. And what is it? What is it that he was called to do? To make the word of God fully known. So that is the preaching of the word of God. The role of a minister or one of the roles of a minister is to reveal or to make known the word of God through a careful exposition of his word, God's word. So, when you look at the elders of your church and what they are doing, their role, one of their roles is to shepherd the flock. And that shepherd is called to what? To proclaim the gospel, is to make known the mystery and we will later read, uh, read that in this portion of scripture in Colossians. Uh, the purpose of a minister and what they are doing as they make known the word of God, right? And it says fully known. If we keep reading verse 26, it says, The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. So, when we talk about, again, this mystery, what is the mystery? Well, we're still getting there. Where we're getting there. It says the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery. Again, mystery is being talked about. And what is it? It says, which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. So, this mystery, it's not a mystery in a sense that we will never ever find out what it is. But when it says hidden for ages and generations, that means it's been hidden, like hide and seek kind of hidden. It's there. It's not a kind of mystery that it's not there and we have to figure out how to make it come about. Uh, but instead, it's a mystery that God has kept in secret for a certain amount of time. And then it says what? But now revealed to who? To his saints. So now shown 
to the believers. And what is it? To them God chose, to them, the saints, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery. So, God chose to reveal this mystery to a certain group, group of people. And what is that? That is the saints. God chose the saints, the ones who would believe and the believers. It says to make known how great among the Gentiles, what are the riches of the glory of this mystery? You see, if we go to Ephesians chapter three, verses four and four through six, it says this, when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. And that's in reference to the Holy Spirit. Verse 6. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. And then he continues on and says in verse 7, of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden, in, hidden for ages in God who created all things. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. So again, Paul is making an emphasis that his purpose is to grow the saints. Here it says, so I ask you not to lose heart over what I'm suffering for you. Paul is in prison when he's writing this letter. And he says, don't worry about me. Don't lose heart. Because what I am doing is for your sake. It's so that you may be presented in glory. So that we may be more like Christ so that we may be sanctified so that the word of God may be fully known that Christ may be all in all, right? What did we just read in Colossians chapter one, right? Verses 15 through 23. It's the preeminence of Christ. It's the supremacy of our Lord. And what is he doing? He's reconciling all things to himself. How? It says in verse 20 of chapter 1 in Colossians, And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So, the role of this minister, the role of Paul and what he's doing as he's preaching to these Colossians through this letter, um, he is saying how joyful he is in his suffering. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. It says in verse 24. 
verse 25, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship of God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. Right again, uh, the purpose of the minister, one of them is to make known more fully the word of God, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. So that's going back to uh, the reason why Paul was made a minister. And it says, verse 27, to them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you. So Christ who is in us is being revealed much more as the word of God is being stewarded to us as the word of God is being more revealed and preached uh, expositionally, right? Because exposition uh, just means to expose what is there, right? So when we read God's word and do studies in God's word and we try to figure out what is God trying to say in here, uh, what we are doing is we are exposing or God uh, through the Holy Spirit is exposing what is already there, but revealing what is there, right? Because again, an atheist can read God's word uh, and yet not understand anything that it's trying to say. Why is that? Because they do not have the Holy Spirit. You see, the, the Spirit of God, what he does is he convicts us of sin. He brings us to Christ he causes us uh, to bring glory to the Lord Jesus Christ through praise as he reveals to us our nature and who Christ is and how much we need Christ and what Christ has done and is doing, right? That's what the Holy Spirit is doing. He's convicting us of sin and causing us to repent from our sins. But not only that, the word of God the Holy Spirit knows because it's his word. It's God's word. And what he does is he reveals to us what is there. He shows us this is what is being said here in this passage or in these verses or whatever. So that's what the Holy Spirit is doing. And you see, this is the graciousness of God because God um, is an, uh, is under no obligation to reveal himself in such a way like this. We have, all in, we have all fallen short from the glory of God and our just punishment is eternal hell. Because God is eternal, his punishment has to be eternal. But you see, God has chosen some to reveal himself to. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you. So, the Holy Spirit, what he does is he makes much of Christ to us, causing us to glory in the Lord. We praise God, right? That is the very purpose why we gather with the saints, is to make much of God, right? We pray to him. We read God's word aloud in worship. We sing songs and we learn God's word. All this is worship and that's what God is after, right? God is after his glory and he will receive it. And as he reveals to us, to the saints, 
how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, then we must understand that the reason why we gather is not to feel good, not to just have a, an emotional high on Sunday morning, just to go back to the world and live like the world uh, the rest of the six days. No, we are to live a set-apart life in such a way that we continue to grow every day as we read God's Word, right? We must take in what is being preached to us by the elders, whoever is preaching the Word of God. And as we do that, now we reflect throughout the rest of the days after we are fed God's Word. Now we go back, we read again. Or we read other portions of scripture and we also study the other portions of scripture. Try to understand what is God saying and as we do that, we are growing more and more into the image of Christ. Because if we are the body of Christ, shouldn't we look like Christ? Or look like the body of Christ? So, going back to this, this mystery, again, we've been saying it, I've been saying it. But the mystery is Christ in you. And it says the hope of glory. Christ is the hope of glory. And again, in Ephesians 3, 4 through 6, we, we, we saw how the mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, it says. Members of the same body and partakers of the promise how? In Christ Jesus through the gospel. So again, this is why Paul sought to know nothing among the Corinthians but Christ and him crucified. Because he understood that this promise is found in Christ alone through faith alone. And this was all by grace alone. And we see that all throughout the scriptures alone. God's purpose in saving us is for His glory alone. And 28 and 29, it says, Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in So Christ. this is another role of a minister is what? It says, Him we proclaim, so it's to proclaim Christ, it's to proclaim God, Warning everyone, right? And teaching everyone with all wisdom. Now, let me ask you the question, where do we get wisdom? Well, God tells us in his word, it begins with the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So, in order for us to begin to understand and know is... The fear of the Lord. Now, let me ask you the question. Do you fear the Lord? Now, this isn't a kind of fear that I am scared for my life kind of fear. No, this is a, a, a fear of the Lord in a sense that we respect God and we understand that he is the creator of the universe. He is sovereign in control of all things. That we understand that the Lord has the power to raise people from the dead 
And how do we know that? Because he's doing it every single day. The gospel is being preached and more people are coming to Christ. God is raising the dead. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and fools despise wisdom and instruction. Right? So we get that. We get that the fear of the Lord, it begins there. It's the beginning of knowledge. But it doesn't stop there. Because once we fear the Lord, that's just the beginning of it. That's just the intro. But, but now, where can we find wisdom? We're going to touch on that later. But let's just read the verse, right? Because it's a, it's a few verses later. A few verses after uh, verse 28. So if you go to chapter 2 of Colossians, look at what it says in verse 3. It says, In whom, speaking of Christ, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So, so there it is, right? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And also, if you want wisdom, if you want instruction, if you want knowledge, well, it's found in Christ. Because all knowledge and wisdom is in Christ. It's hidden in Christ. What does that mean? That means you have to look for it. You have to search Christ. Search his word. And gain knowledge. Gain wisdom. You see, and the purpose of the minister is to reveal Christ to you. It's to help you. It's to guide you and train you. So that, it says what? Verse 28. Help me proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom. That, for the, this purpose... The reason why we're warning everyone, the reason why we're teaching everyone with all wisdom is that we may present everyone mature in Christ. You see, when you become a believer, it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there and then you can just do whatever you want because you got your ticket punched. No, it continues and you must grow in Christ and that is done through this proclamation of his word, the warning to everyone through his word, the teaching of everyone with all wisdom through his word, that we may be presented mature in Christ. So this is what the minister is doing and their purpose is to present us believers, us Christians, us saints, us who have been set apart Mature in Christ. We're not to be presented as babies in the Lord, even though you've been saved 30, 40, 50 years ago. No, you must have grown since then. Because that is the living word of God we're talking about. And God says that man should not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from God. So if that's true... And you haven't been growing. Then I would just have to ask you the question. Have you been learning anything throughout all of your years of being a Christian? And have you continued to grow? Because we are to be a continually growing people. Every day we must be more sanctified than the day before. So today... You must be more sanctified than yesterday. And tomorrow 
hope that you may be more sanctified than you are today. And how is that done again? Through the Word of God. We must learn it. We must allow God to train us and shape us into the image of Christ as we learn more about Him, more about ourselves, and more about how we are to live in this world and what we are called to do in the first place. After we have been saved, after the Lord returns to His disciples, He says that all authority has been given unto me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. You see, it's a continual thing that us believers, us Christians, we are to walk in a manner worthy of this calling to which we have been called. And we have been called to be set apart. We're called to be holy. We are representatives of God. To this world, we are called the salt of this earth, right? Light of the world. What good is that light if it's hidden under a basket, it says? No, we should be on top like a lighthouse. And we are to shine. But we are not shining. We're reflecting. And what are we reflecting? Well, we're reflecting Christ. Christ is the source of this light. So... Read God's word. Do not neglect the gathering of the saints. And if you don't have a local church to gather with the believers, to learn more about God and to grow in righteousness, then I would say plug yourself to a faithful church, a church that is willing to walk alongside with you and to preach the word of God, right? A church that would be like Paul and say, that I decide to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. A church that has elders that is toiling with all their might to reveal this mystery that has been revealed to us, that we are fellow heirs, that we are members of the same body, and that we are partakers in the promise or of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Evaluate yourself see if whether or not you are growing in Christ. And if you're not, I would say grow. I would say it's not too late. If you're listening to this, it's not. Uh, plug yourself in. Gather with the saints. And make much of God as you gather. Because that is what fellowship is. We grow. And we make much of God through our conversations. This is... Follow me to heaven with Jonathan Romero.